Hello and welcome to Plotress. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing My Kind of Earl by Vivian Lorett. This was published in 2020 and is the second in the Mating Habits of Scoundrel series. And we've already reviewed the third one, followed by the first one, which means after this, we'll finally be going in order. <laughs> we'll be caught up. <laughs> so exciting. Alrighty, so the jacket. Jane Pickerington never intended to start a brawl in a brothel. She only wanted to research her book. Yet when her simple study of scoundrels goes awry, she finds herself coming to the rescue of a dark, enigmatic stranger who turns out to be far more than an average rake out for a night of pleasure. He's positively wild. Only the most feral and cunning could have survived foundling homes and workhouses. Orphaned as an infant, Raven never had another name. At least, not until he meets her. Now he's face to face with the one person who recognizes the strange birthmark on his arm and can reinstate him to his blue-blooded birthright. All at once, Raven's life takes a turn. His knowledge of dark alleys and gaming hells never prepared him for gilded ballrooms. So Jane becomes his tutor. Yet the more lessons and decorum she offers, the more this untamed scoundrel wants to teach her all the ways to be wicked. Um, I, I just have some issues with he's positively wild. <laughs> That's namely it. I was like, and feral? Like, uh -huh. there's just a lot of also, I want to just state for the record, even though it's a very minor spoiler, not a birthmark. Yeah, but I, I don't blame the book jacket for that. I, I don't blame that. This book jacket is bad, but not because of the bookmark. Bookmark? Birthmark? <laughs> no. I, fair, and I think that's the way the book jacket should have presented it. But I have a whole rant about that that will be going after the spoilers free section. <laughs> uh, so as usual, we generated a random number, and then we wrote summaries based on that number. For this episode, that number is seven. I will... Okay, you go first. Gender-swapped Anastasia. Dimitri is aristocratic, no Russians. I like it. I like it a lot, actually. Thank you. And it's, it's so funny because I didn't, I hadn't put it together that way until I read your summary. And then I was like, oh my God, she's right. This is gender-swapped Anastasia. And I feel like I would have appreciated the book more if I had read it through that lens. I mean, I don't know... It's been a while since I read this. I did really like it. So I don't know exactly when I picked up on the fact that it was gender-swapped Anastasia, but it was pretty early. Yeah. Because you, you get introduced to the equivalent of the grandmother, the grandfather, relatively early in the book. Yeah. No, I, I actually really like this book too. And so I, it's not like I disliked it not knowing that, but I think I would have liked it even more reading it through that lens. So I don't know how intentional it was, but I dug it. I, the, the book jacket should have said that because I don't care how intentional it was because you can write things and then have unintentional meanings creep in. Of course, uh, yeah. someone should have picked up on it before lane and put it in the official jacket. So I have to say, 
Well, and especially because I think this is projecting a lot. So dear listeners, tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like our generation of women particularly is obsessed with that cartoon movie. I, yeah, I saw it in the theater and I, I'm much older than Lane. I mean, I'm not much older. That's just an exaggeration. I'm older than Lane. Our age starts with the same number. (laughs) But... (laughs) When I went to see it, I went to see it with my cousin. When I went to see it, the guy who sold us the tickets went to high school with us. And he was like, oh, you guys are seeing that movie? Because, yes, we were in high school when we saw this in the theater. Okay, here's my summary. (laughs) Nerdy aristocrat falls for sexy working class brute. Accurate. Accurate. I, I basically did their main, their summary, except I didn't call him wild or feral. Um, I'm sorry, Meg. Positively wild. <laughs> He's positively wild. I just, I don't even know what the intonation on that was supposed to be. I know we complain about this a lot, but to a degree, this is just generic romance novel book jacket. Yeah. Which is so sad because I think this definitely elevates itself above generic romance novel. It- it does. This is, I don't want to say this is like special or paradigm changing or something like that, but it is really fun and enjoyable. Yeah. And like, this is the second book in the series. So, you know, she and her friends are writing this book on scoundrels. And I feel like even the like ridiculous length they're going to, to get this raw material isn't quite conveyed. Like this book is fun. Yeah. And this jacket is kind of weird. Yeah, I the the book jacket could have just been the opening setup, which mm-hmm. is that she meets this handsome stranger who seems to be masquerading as someone else when she breaks into a brothel so that she can do academic research. <laughs> right? I mean, that's all you need. Yep. Anyway. And instead you got whatever that word vomit was. Yeah. Uh, Meg, do we have a Gentleman Jackson this week? We do. We do, Lane. What is it? Be poor. Because when you're poor, you have no other choice than to go out and carry things. Unclear. Right? He's super jacked, and as far as I can tell, he's just poor. Yeah. I mean, he he does do a lot of home reno. That's true. So maybe that's I've how. been doing a lot of that lately, but I don't think peel and stick backsplashes count as manual labor so weird i mean so strange <laughs> so strange all right so the tropes i mean let's just say all of the tropes that are in anastasia are in this book yeah so he's a sad tragic orphan who doesn't remember his past there's a distinctive marking or something distinctive about him that will lead him to be positively or negatively identified as the missing person. And that missing person might be a secret aristocrat. What? Weird. Uh, Then there's also a lot of just romance novel tropes beyond that. He's a sad, tragic orphan, as the book jacket says, and she's the big, crazy family. She's the only girl in a family of 11. Yes. She she, has 11 kids. uh, And she's the only responsible one in the family. Yeah. Her her parents are not 
responsible. So she's got the big crazy family, but she's the matron of it, even though she is not actually the mom. Yeah. So they meet in a brothel. And she is mistaken for a prostitute. And for some reason, this is not the first time we've read this. It's not the second. Probably not the third or fourth. Third. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There are a lot of scars. He's got a lot of scars. He wears the evidence of his rough life on the streets. That's right. (laughs) Someone, well, the woman has learned her her anatomy lessons from looking at naked statues and is just shocked when she sees an actual naked man for the first time. Well, but also during that opening scene in the brothel, she is confronted with a statue dick and she's like, oh, thank God it's a statue, (laughs) which I thought was a really fun play on that trope. It's a good one. That we do have, oh gosh, we've got some hurt comfort here. Yeah, a lot. A lot of that. A lot Love of it, it. Um, is great. Oh, yes. I said he did a lot of home reno. His house from the outside looks like a total shithole. But once you go beyond the portal, you've entered a new world. Do you think the house is a metaphor for him? You know, Elaine, I had never <laughs> put it together, but it might be. <laughs> Uh, and uh he calls her professor through the whole book which i think it's so he's i think those like weird nicknamey tropes are really adorable that's I one of the it. things that i'm a sucker punch for i loved it i loved it so good uh, so i i think this was my favorite book in the trilogy so or in the series i should say so far Um, the the first three books in the series are her and her friends writing this manual. Right. On how to identify a scoundrel. Or a rake or whatever, right? Or a rake or whatever. And I think this is my favorite of the three, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so the first one was um, the, she escaped, she ran away from her wedding. Yes. And they go out in the wilderness. And, and he wants to be a pirate. And it's the one that I confused with that other book that was also about a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> and the third book had some very cute kissing at a zoo stampede. Yes. <laughs> so all three of the books in the series so far have been really funny and have this hilarious setup. But I think this one is the one that really focuses on writing the manual. Uh, so I think this is the one that commits the most to this overarching theme. And I really liked that. And I think some of that has to do with the fact that the manual is really Jane's project. Yeah. The others were helping her, but Jane is sort of the intrepid. This is for scholarly purposes. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, and it's ridiculous, but so good. And the links that she goes to, to make sure that the, that, um, she researches this ridiculous book are hilarious. I mean, she, she, again, the opening scene of this book is that she goes to a brothel so that she can spy on the patrons. With her drunk cousin. (laughs) Yeah. She doesn't want to spy on them like in private with the prostitutes. She just wants to watch them in their natural environment. 
she so she goes in through a window. It's so much fun. It's it's really hilarious. I mean, it's is this over the top ridiculous? Yeah. Do I love that? Also, yeah. I also love when it's we usually it's usually a heroine, but who seems really over the top and absurd is simultaneously revealed to be very astute. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's just snuck into this brothel, which shows ingenuity, if not intelligence. And she blows his cover because she basically Sherlock Holmes is his outfit. Yes. He's been fooling people for months, years, when he has to sort of don the disguise of someone more well-to-do, and she unpicks it in seconds. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it was that part. a really great meet-cute. Yeah, it was super cute. Uh, and then he saves her from exposure in this brothel. Yes. So saves her from ruination. And he gets injured in the line of duty. <laughs> so she has to, you know, patch him up at his house. Uh-huh. And in the course of that, she realizes she recognizes his birthmark. Right. And that leads to one of our favorite setups. They're working together to solve this conundrum of who he really is. Yeah. Sometimes he's, I don't want to know. This is too painful. Why do you want better for me? And she won't drop it. But on the whole, through most of the book, with the exception of one annoying twist at the end, they're working together Mm -hmm. to solve this problem. So they're they're a team from the very beginning, even as like the rules of the game change. And that's always something we enjoy, especially because it leads to a lot of sex at times. Yeah, I it it also leads to a lot of them being together in non-sexy situations that become sexy. Yes. Right. Uh, You know, instead of like they're at the ball and they're dancing and because they're dancing and in this close hold, they start to feel like attracted to each other. I, I love, I love when you, you feel the attraction because they're doing something intellectual together. If that makes sense. It does. But I also think we've read a lot of things lately where I've been like, why are they so good at keeping their hands off each other? And this is not that they're very bad at it. They're very bad at it, which is what I want to read. Right, they, they're they making out through the whole book. Like, you don't have to worry that, like, oh, why are they so good at resisting? They ain't. No, they're bad. They're very bad at it. But I love that he's bad at resisting her because she's good at researching things. Yes. Like, both of those things together mm-hmm. makes it even better. Yeah, it's the combination. It's yeah. really just ideal. Yeah, it's great. And I also love that he really likes her with her family. Not because he's imagining her pregnant with his kid and having babies, because that's another thing we read a lot in romance. I would not have liked this as much had that been the case. No, but instead he's just like, oh, she's a nice person and she cares about her family and she cares about people. And it's like that he's a sad, tragic orphan and she's got this brood that she takes care of. Right. Like this like envy of family and recognizing that she appreciates it. Yes. Yes. So uh, I really liked the majority of this book. Yeah. One of the things I thought that was really 
a great choice by the author. As I mentioned, she's got like a jillion siblings. I have read less adept authors who would have taken the opportunity to name every one of them and try to make them characters and try to like flesh out her home life by giving her siblings identities. Mm-hmm. And Vivian Lord does not make that mistake. There's mm-hmm. a couple of them who are named when it's relevant to the scene, but there is not that Von Trapp children introduced in age order bullshit that like would have been so easy to do and fill up space. And I was mm-hmm. just so glad it didn't happen. Yeah. What did you think of Lort's choice to make her parents be so neglectful? I thought it fell into the sort of absurd nature of the book. She's really ungoverned. And that's very necessary for this plot to work. Yes, I agree. I, I have to say that I was a little confused or um, perhaps I felt that it it wasn't great character development like how did she become who she was based on the parents that she had and I wish we had at least had you know the nanny or the servant or the the aunt or the grandmother or some kind of parental figure in her life yeah. So that she would at least know, you know, have learned somewhere why she, how she was acting. So I think that's a very good criticism. Like she really does seem to have been self-actualized in a way that could have been fleshed out better. Yeah. And I do agree with you. I actually do think that her, so her parents are, as Lane said, neglectful to an absurd degree. Like they're, they, they can't remember the names of anyone who comes to visit. Right. Yeah. They don't recognize her necessarily. You know, they're like, Oh yeah, that's Jane. But they don't know what her interests are. This sort of plays into the, not Anastasia specifically, but like the Disney movie ask trope. Yeah. Like, the parents are non-entities. They are there to be Cinderella villain stepmother. It's, it's very much like Charlie Brown and the adults who are just like, wah, wah, wah. yep, yep, yep. That's that's what the parents are. And on the one hand, I I see where you're coming from, and I do think it was a deliberate choice and an and an interesting one. So you're right. The plot of this book would not work if she had parents who were any more interested in her comings and goings. I mean, the plot. They were hooking up in the middle of the day on the chaise in the back of her library with, like, uh-huh. her parents in the house. Uh-huh. And it was hot, guys. It was hot as hell. But, like, she's unchaperoned with a unknown entity of a man. Mm-hmm. And her parents, her siblings all know. And her parents have no idea. Yeah. Like, it was, it was, to me, meant to be absurd. Yeah. I think it's a missed opportunity for character development for sure. And I think if this book had been less tongue in cheek, it might've bothered me. But like, like you said, they were full blown Charlie Brown at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Do we want to, do we want to get into spoiler town or do we want to get to offensiveness first? Let's do offensiveness, sexiness, and then the two things with the spoiler town afterward. All right. So 
Is there anything that needs a content warning or trigger warning? I would say his whole backstory is a trigger warning. He was a severely abused child who was basically sex trafficked. Mm -hmm. Like his backstory is horrible. His backstory is, is pretty terrible. Yeah. So I just put that out there that everything about him was rough. He's the one just to clarify, Meg, correct me if I'm wrong, who was basically given in prostitution to an old lady who then like, gave him to her friends too and he was grateful for it because it was better than the poorhouse. Yeah, I mean like basically he was at the poorhouse and then they hired him to do some like heavy lifting because he's you know big and brawny when he was like 14 or something. Yeah. Like, we're talking about you know young. Yeah. And then she was like oh I have some other work for you to do upstairs. And then she was like why don't you just live with me my friends um, might also have work for you to do. Right. It was very on the page. Yeah. And very upsetting. Yeah. And I will say for such a lighthearted book, it was kind of a downer. <laughs> okay. Yep. I mean, and this is... I say it with women, so I'll say it here. I don't think it was necessary. No. His life was sucky enough without him being like, yeah, I was grateful to be forced to have sex with these ladies. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be tongue-in-cheek, but I am like, oh, a little bit surprised. Maybe, you know, I wasn't, wasn't expecting to read that in this novel. I will say, though, Although he has very mixed feelings towards it, which I think is pretty authentic, you know, like he, he is right. Like he, yeah. he, it did take him away from the poor house. On the other hand, he had to do this stuff that no child should have to do. Um, basically it is by far the darkest thing that happened in the first three books in this series. And it sort of came out of nowhere. And then yeah. it giant asterisks that like that was, one of the things I liked the least in this text. Yep. All right. I don't... Is there anything else you think that, that needs a trigger? That one is so predominant in my brain that I if mean, there was, it that, was so much I, there, I mean, there's also... I mean, again, yes, his whole backstory, but even even before this, so the reason he gets into the poorhouse is pretty horrible as well, actually. There's a, a, a very tragic thing that happens in his past yeah um, but that's a little less on the page yeah that's true but it has to do with infanticide um so i just do want to mention that that if you know dead babies are something that triggered you that those appear in this book too so trigger warning dead baby great yeah. um sexiness <laughs> moving on <laughs> Guys, this is real hot. This book is really, really fucking sexy. And there's a library, so extra points. We all know that studies slash libraries get extra points when they have sex scenes. And um, there's more than one in the library. Yeah, I also love the way they communicated about intimacy. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've been frustrated lately, not just by how good everyone is at keeping their hands off each other, but also by how 
the author clearly wants to get a sex scene in. So the first time they kiss is also the first time they have sex. And it seems a little bit rushed, especially for the era. And I like that this was a buildup. It was a buildup. And I I like how they're both really attracted to each other. I like how you can feel the attraction. Yeah, it's very well done. 10 out of 10 for hotness. 10 out of 10 for hotness. Yeah, for sure. Very sexy. Very hot. All right. Um, turn back now if you don't want the literal ending of this book to be spoiled for you. So we're going to spoil it. Because I have two things that pissed me off. So if you want to know what we didn't like about this book other than the very dark backstory, it is the way the ending sort of goes down. Not between the two of them for the most part. For the most part. Although... There's a little bit of, like, failure to communicate that's annoying. And it was totally telegraphed. It's so annoying when he's like, just don't ever lie to me about this one thing. And then she's like... She doesn't. She doesn't. But she's like, I'll tell him about this one thing later when I get a chance to. And in the intervening time between the time he says, don't ever lie to me, and she goes, oh, I just found this out. I'm going to tell him in five minutes. In those five minutes, <laughs> it blows up. I was like, yeah. okay, whatever. <laughs> so just a heads up that that happens. From this point forward, we will not be vague. It will be spoiler town. Yeah. You have been warned. Okay. So first of all, she discovers he is, as we said, Anastasia. So he was in a fire as an infant. And the thing he thought was a birthmark was really his dad's signet ring. Mm-hmm. burned into his flesh so really lucky for him that as he grew from one month old to an adult man that image didn't distort yeah it got big like I'm picturing you know in word when you drag to enlarge a picture and if you don't drag it evenly like it gets real fucked up oh my god like his body dragged it perfectly where was it where was it burned on his arm on his arm okay that's what I thought so first of all what Okay, fine. Um, So he's burned. He's apparently rushed out of the rubble before, like, his surviving family can find him and just given to a poorhouse. Yeah. And even though it's known the grandfather has been looking for him because this is Anastasia, he's got nothing that could tie him to that estate other than the burn on his arm. Well, and also there were the remains of a dead baby found. Right. So, I mean, they think they do think he's dead. Yes. But the grandfathers, similar to Anastasia's grandmother, they thought Anastasia was dead. Yes. But there were still pretenders, and the grandfather still had hope. Yes. So, at that point, he goes and does his whole thing. She finds a letter that indicates there was a second baby in the remains. Of the house. Right. There was a dead baby. And a second baby in the house at the time of the fire. Meanwhile, he looks just like these fucking people. Mm-hmm. He's the one with the burn on his arm of the signet ring. Like, it's pretty clear at this point that he's the heir. Right. Regardless of the fact that there was a second baby. She literally finds a letter and she's like, okay, we're going to have to talk about this. But, like, after this party. After the party. That was not the appropriate moment. And during the party, someone says something to him. And, of course, he, like, gets really pissed off and flies into a rage and doesn't think to, like, talk to her about the context. Yeah. Just decides that, like, he's an imposter, which, once again, 
he's got the burn on his arm and looks just like everyone in that fucking family. <laughs> yeah, but doesn't, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't the dead baby also have, is like an illegitimate scion of the family, of the aristocratic family? So that could explain. Oh, no, they, they were just visitors. Family. All right. So I'm pretty sure they were just visitors and this completely unrelated. But then second twist that has nothing to do with their love. It turns out that her uncle has been trying to murder him all along. <laughs> yeah. There's a random twist ending where people have been hunting him in the present. Yes, people have been hunting him in the present. And because he they okay, because you think it's his uncle who's trying mm-hmm. to kill him so that the because the uncle wants to inherit, but no, it's her uncle. <laughs> Why you may ask? Some weird situation about him having been a tutor in the house. Yes. It doesn't really make sense. And also, he gets off scoff-free. The perennial issue of the historical romance, yes. For all the attempted murdering? hmm So that was out of place. Yeah. In this book about a girl writing a sex book and the hot guy she finds who's secretly a peer. Yeah, I... Like, I I get that she wanted a twist ending. And it was a twist ending, for sure. Like, I was not expecting it. It's not (laughs) telegraphed, you know? I I don't think it's one that you can figure out. You know? Well, I was all for, like, no one in his family figuring out he was alive and trying to murder him. Like, cool. But her uncle's been in prison for something unrelated it's all very weird yeah 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 her uncle it could have look it could have been a ton of people trying to kill him because like he he is positively wild can't can't with you so i mean you know he's been in the slums and when you live in the slums like Anything. You can just get killed by anyone when you're feral. Obviously, his body is covered in scars of all the people who tried. So, like, it could have been it could have been someone who, I don't know. There are tons of things that could have happened. But, yeah, I'm not sure why it had to be her uncle. It was pretty weird. It was just a very bizarre ending. Like, manufactured conflict of them fighting about this letter when, like, the conflict has been resolved. And then her uncle secretly being an attempted murderer. Yeah. Very strange book. Very strange. Like, 95% loved it. Weird ending. Yeah. I really did love their love story. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't a long enough period of misunderstanding and being shitty to each other for me to really rate it. Yeah. Because they they fixed their misunderstanding so that they could then figure out who was trying to kill him. So they fixed it pretty quickly. Right. Um, So if that was the only thing would just be chalked up to like eh romance novel trope but fine the weird twist with her imprisoned uncle still trying to murder him and hiding and knowing he was alive all along yeah it was it was very strange it was weird it was weird too cuz you would think cuz her uncle's in jail for like dead he's in debtor's prison right mm-hmm. and you would think that he could get like a reward from the grandfather and get out of debtor's prison. It's all, it's, 
We don't have an answer for you guys. We, we wish we did. <laughs> we don't have an answer for ourselves. We don't know. We, we don't know what happened. We will subsequently be reviewing the fourth book in the series. So whenever it comes out. Whenever it comes out, we will be in order. Going I'm, I'm actually very much looking forward to that. The third book did a really good job setting it up. I am apprehensive. But I'm still looking apprehensive, apprehensive, but um, anticipatory, and it's apprehensive anticipation. Yeah. So the the writing this manual through the first three books in the series for a friend who potentially has been ruined. Oh, she's been ruined like a million times over. Yeah. Okay. This is their knowledge. Oh, they're not. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're in spoiler town. We're in We're spoiler okay. town. It's fine. They're writing this book for the friend that they like, they're not sure what went down, but they're pretty sure she's been ruined. And so it's the fourth book is going to be her book. Yeah. As Meg said, she's been ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We'd love it. If you would rate, review, subscribe, check us out around the internet. We actually have a new website. So um, it has the consolidated list of all of our episodes by author and by series. So check it out. That's plottrist.wordpress.com. You can always find us at Instagram at plottrists or goodreads slash plottrists.